This episode of In My Head is brought to you by Anchor. Hello, my name is Brody, and I'm your neighborhood photographer and podcaster. And on this episode of In My Head, we're going to be discussing favoritism between siblings. So, without any further ado, let's get In My Head. There's a lot of things going on in the city this week. Um, For everyone who knows, I'm not from Atlanta, so... Whenever there are things going on, I'm always like, what? <laughs> I knew nothing. I know nothing. <laughs> I am not a city light. So I call them. Um, they know everything about the city. What's going on, where the parties are, where the cookouts, the pool parties, where to swim, where not to swim. I know nothing <laughs> at all. Um, but yeah, like Atlanta goes all out for like Pride Month and like... Um, what is it? Atlanta's uh, Pride. They go all out for that on Martin Luther King Day or whatever, which is weird that they would have Pride on Martin Luther King Day. I don't know what that is about, but Atlanta goes all out for that. And I'm, I'm thoroughly intrigued. Like, I don't go to clubs and I don't like to be in a mix like that. I like to go bar hopping, you know, hang with my friends, picnic at the park. That's real, like mellow for me. <laughs> anything but anything above and beyond that, I'm out. Because niggas get wild, they start fighting and shooting, and I ain't got time for that. You know what I mean? Like, I ain't got time for that. Like, I'm not a pretty boy, but I'm a pretty boy. I ain't got time for that. Um. Also, I did not know that uh, Amazon completely. 86 drug testing. Listen, hear me out. So if you are applying or thought about applying to Amazon, but you smoke weed, they no longer drug test. Go ahead and apply and get you a job. $15 an hour stacking boxes or scanning items into a box. This is not a paid advertisement, but Amazon, if somebody in your building hears this, holler at your boy. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, I just hope that everyone's having a good week. Um, I hope everyone is having a good Pride Month. I hope everyone's being safe, but also having fun. And, you know, just remember, please remember, safe sex is good sex. Again, this is not a paid advertisement, but condoms, magnums, whatever. Your boy is here. Okay. I just need your free advertisement. Boom. <laughs> but favoritism, you know, among siblings and how that can drastically change the direction or, you know, the evolution of the relationship between the siblings and the parents. Now, for me, I know firsthand what that feels like. Because um, actually, um, as I grew up, like my mother showed favoritism to my sister. Um, now, at one point, I was the only child, and that was I was very content with that. Like I, I mean, I didn't really get much attention, even when I was the only child. I didn't get much attention, but. That didn't bother me. Like, I lived in my own little world, <laughs> honestly. 
Um, as long as I had my action figures, my Spider-Man, and my X-Men toys, I was happy. Like, pure enjoyment. And then, like, when I got a, my Sega Genesis, that was, like, all she wrote. I had Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, and that game just completely controlled any amount of free time that I had. Honestly and truly, it really did. Um, but when my mom got pregnant, I so desperately wanted it to be a brother because all of my friends had brothers. Like, all of my friends had either older brothers or younger brothers, and I wanted so desperately to know what that felt like to have that. And... Sadly, it was a girl. Now, again, I was okay with that. I, I had a sibling, but everything changed after that. I wasn't allowed to do anything. I mean, let alone was I allowed to do anything before. No. But when she came, everything just completely halted. Like, I wasn't allowed to, like, sleep in my mom's room. That was gone. I wasn't allowed to like leave my toys around. That was dead. Um, I had to come in at a certain time because I don't want to come in and wake her up. Like what? It just took a completely different direction than what I thought it would as a child. And as I got older, it got worse. Like I would ask my mom, hey, could my friends come over and play the game? And it was always a no. But then my sister's friends were always allowed over the house. Sleepovers, um, doing their nails and feet, uh, getting their hair done, you know, like just everything, birthday parties. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not getting birthday parties. I'm not getting sleepovers with my friends. My friends aren't even allowed to come over unless she's gone. Like what? Like it was, it was a big, big question mark over my head because I didn't know what was going on. It's not until I got into middle school is when I realized there was like some favoritism going on. Um, and this is when I really realized it. So my sister came home one day and she asked my mother, could she go and spend the night over her friend's house for the weekend? Now, my mother completely obliged to that and packed her overnight bag and sent her on her merry little way. So my best friend at the time, um, Matthew, and that's actually his name, um, he was like, well, Brody, why don't you just ask your mom if you stay with my house tonight, you know, we can play video games all night. My mom says she'll order pizza. We can watch movies or whatever, blah, blah. So I was like, sure. Mind you, it was Matthew and his two younger brothers. Still, why not? So, like, I, you know, went home and I asked my mom, like, would it be okay? And her response was, why do you want to stay the night over some God's house, like, as a boy, boys don't do that. 
And I was like, wait, huh? <laughs> what do you mean? Everyone has sleepovers, mom. Like, it's not just for girls. What are you talking about? And she was like, no, you can't sit in that over his house and don't ask me again. Okay. I won't ask you again. I'm just going to do it. And that's what the fuck I did. I packed me an overnight bag and I left. And it was just like, it dawned on me like, why did she let her go, but I couldn't go? You see what I'm saying? Like, why? I did nothing wrong. I didn't do anything to deserve to be treated like that. And here's another, here's another story that happened. So, um, later on in my middle school years, my best friend moved away. Um, so Matthew moved away and I had another best friend um, named Charles. We're going to name him Charles because if I say his real name, y'all going to know. But anyway, um, and Charles's mother was like, you can come over and stay the night, like sit the weekend or the summer. I don't really care because it's going to be the boys there and Alexis, which is their younger sister. So I was already friends with Charles and I was friends with Charles's brother. So I was like, great. Like, it's like a brotherly bond here. And my mother pitched a big fit about that. So his mother had to come over my house. His mother had to like persuade my mother to let me go. Like what kind of shit is that? So it, it made me build up resentment towards her. Like I built up a lot of resentment towards my mother because it was kind of like she was alienating me from everybody, from everything, from being a child, being me, you know? And then it wasn't until I got into like high school was when I started to like really look back and think about these things. Now, on my sister's side of the story, she got everything she wanted. She got her hair done. She got her, hair, her feet done. She got her nails done. You know, she got shoes. She got clothes. At one point, we moved into a bigger place. And, of course, you know, my mother had the master room. And then I had the second biggest room. And then my sister had the you know, medium-sized room. My mother made me move out of the biggest, out of the second biggest room into the medium room. And it's like, why would you do that? One, I'm the oldest. Two, I have all of this stuff. It can't fit in that room. So I had to like downsize. I had to like throw a lot of my stuff away or give it away. And I was just very depressed because I'm like, I made that room my room. That was my room. And you just took it from me. And it's just like, you know, why, why was I treated unfairly compared to my sister? And 
I still like look back and think about those things because again, those things shape and mold the relationship you have with, with your parents. Because if your parents are picking and choosing which child they give their love to or their attention or their encouragement, the other child is left without. So my mother poured all of her love and interest and support and encouragement into one child, which was my sister. She poured all that into my sister. So when it came to me, I got the bare minimum. I got the scraps, if you want to call it that. I got the scraps. So I started to branch away from her. And I started to build my own family, the one that I deserved, you know? And in the mix of that happening, I started to realize and see that there was great potential in me. There was something special in me that I didn't even know I had. All because my mom poured everything into one child. So with her doing all of that, it became a, can you help me do this? Can you help me do that? Can you help me do this? Can you help me do that? And it turned me into a no person. Like I, no, I can't. No, I'm not. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. It got so bad that I actually moved out of my parents' house at 19 years old. At my own place at 19. Why, some of you may ask? Because it it turned into a very toxic living arrangement. And I call it a living arrangement. Yes, I did. Because I basically became a living babysitter. That's what I became. I became a living babysitter. And it wasn't fair to me. So, you know, my mom ended up having another child, uh, which is my youngest sister, who is actually, like, my favorite sibling. Like, me and her get along so well. She is a splitting image of me, like, education-wise, drive-wise, momentum, all that. Splitting image. And my mother would get mad when I would tell her I'm not watching my sister, my youngest sister. And it wasn't because I didn't love her or I didn't want to spend time with her. No, it was because you poured all that love and support into one child that you missed out on me. You missed out on all of my endeavors. You missed out on all of my triumphs. You missed out on all of my rewards. And you didn't show up for me, so I'm not going to show up for you. Very petty, but... At the time, I'm young. I'm not even an adult yet. I'm just, I'm a, I'm a young teenager. So in my mind, I'm hurting. So what I did was I just kept not showing up. And it got to the point where I moved out. Because now you see what you've done. You've pushed your oldest child so far away and out of arm's length and arm's reach that now you have to 
double down on what you've done. So now you're looking to the other child who you poured all that love and support into to help you and they can't do it because they don't want to because you spoiled them to a point where they don't have to, they don't have or want to do anything because you didn't make them do. See, you can't make a spoiled child do anything because in their mind, mommy and or daddy is going to do it for them. And if mommy and daddy ain't going to do it, then she knew mommy would make her brother do it. And she would get off scot-free. So that became an argument, a consistent everyday argument. So it just shows and it proves that playing favoritism to your kids will backfire in a very surreal kind of way. So keep that in mind. Think about that. Ponder on it a little bit. And we will be back after the break. So let's just dive into how the favoritism impacted my relationship with my sister collectively. Now, <clears throat> when I moved out, um, I wasn't so stressed anymore. I wasn't so stressed out. I wasn't depressed. I'd have no anxiety, nothing like that. Um, it was kind of like, what was I looking for? It was very liberating, <laughs> very liberating. And my sister would call me and say things like, well, you need to move back home to help mommy do this. You need to like come home and help do this. And I'm like, no, that isn't my problem, nor my responsibility. You can help her. You're there. So why are you calling me for things that are going on within the house that have nothing to do with me? Make it make sense, please. And she would get mad. She would get mad if I tell her no and, you know, cuss me out, call me all types of bitches and just everything under the sea. But Again, that's because she saw how my mother treated me, so she started treating me as equally. And it's only the fact of she, that she saw that. She saw that I wasn't allowed. She saw that I was always told no. She saw that I was always always being instructed to do things. So she took it for herself to say, well, shit, if this is how he's treated and how we are supposed to treat him, then let me go ahead and jump on the bandwagon as well. Because she was never told no. There was always a yes for her. There was always favoritism. There was always that support, that love, that encouragement. All of those things poured into her. You see you see how it's becoming a, a recurring factor here? So it got to the point where 
you know, I completely just dismissed and ignored her. Because I didn't and I wasn't going to put up with someone talking to me like that. So as time progressed and things gradually became reality where we are now, you know, my last year of high school, I only had one class. I only had one class. So I would get up in the morning at like 9.30, get to school at about 10 10.30 at the max. My class started at 11.45. 11.45 to 12.15. I only had English 4, that one class, because I had all my credits for graduate. So I ended up graduating a year early before I supposed to have. Um, and actually, before I graduated, I got really sick. And um, I had missed a lot of school. And my sister, first one, he's not going to graduate. He's going to drop out. He's going to be another um, high school dropout. He isn't going to get his diploma. He isn't going to go to college. He's just going to be a deadbeat, like just really dragging me and throwing me on under the bus. And just running me over and then backing up and running me over again. So, again, I graduated a year early, got my high school diploma, went to college, all that good jazz. She, unfortunately, did not. You see, she talked so bad about me that she didn't even finish her schooling. And not only that, but my mother was also behind her <laughs> talking bad about me. And it's like, neither one of you know what's going on with me in school. You never showed up for me in school. You never came to any of my award ceremonies or anything that I've won certificate-wise, scholarship-wise. You didn't, you didn't come for me when I was needing you. So why are you talking bad about me? Make it make sense, Jesus. Explain it to me as though I was a child. Help. <laughs> Help me. Um, so now we're just catching up to the current timeline, honestly. So at this point, it became very apparent that I was the outcast. I was the child that the parent ignored. I didn't get any of the love that I was supposed to have gotten. So that drastically changed everything, how I interact with my family, with my siblings, with my parents. Because there was no, there was no like equal love. There wasn't any type of love here and love there and love there. It wasn't distributed the way that it should. Like you, you, you just pulled everything into one person. You didn't distribute your love 
where it's supposed to have been. But when you show one child favoritism, you pit the other kids against each other because they're fighting and 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 yearning for that relationship, for that love. And if you don't give it to them, you're going to, whoa, are you going to like sow that? Because you're going to reap what you sow. So now we are all caught up to the current, to the present. My sister and I don't have a relationship. We do not have a brother-sister relationship. I don't call her. She don't call me. We don't talk. We don't exist to each other. It's literally just high and by. If that. See, parents need to understand if you're going to have kids, you really have to know how to love not just yourself, but your children. You have to know, am I enough? Do I have enough love in me for this child? And if you get pregnant and have another one, you have to know as well. Do I have enough love in me for both of these kids? If the answer is no, I don't know what to tell you. These kids need structure. These kids need love. These kids need support, love, guidance, all of that, encouragement. You can't pick and choose when you want to give your child praises and love and when you want to give the other kid praise and love. It should be equal. But if you treat them like servants and slaves versus a person, let alone a child, all they're going to know is what you show. That's why there's so many sibling rivalries. Like, why are you a rival to your to your siblings? <laughs> because of how your parents raised you. How your parents treated you. And I know there are some listeners who can testify that the relationship with their sibling, their brother or their sister or their twin or whatever isn't the same. It isn't what it's supposed to be. And I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. Hell, I'm sorry that I had to go through that. But if I didn't go through that, I wouldn't be where I am. I wouldn't be who I am. And I damn sure would not be as happy as I am. Because with every like challenge and every like obstacle I had to go through and overcome, it made me stronger. It made me understand. It made me wiser. But people are not understanding of that so soon. I know I wasn't. It took me some time. It took me some time. But once I got here and got where I'm at now, I started to love more of myself. 
I didn't need the outside love because I had it within me the whole time. You know, I never fully had anybody in my corner parent-wise to show me or love me the way I supposed to have been. And it sucks, but it's real life. Shit happens. But I want you all to understand something. You are not a product of your past. So go ahead, shape and mold your future. All right. And on that note, we have reached the end of this episode. I want everyone to understand that even though things seem difficult and these trials and tribulations seem to never end, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. So keep running. And on that note, I'm out.